Good morning, December 21st, 2023, here in Chicago with the Czar and Coach. Uh, we're about four days away from Christmas. Hey, that reminds me, I meant to ask you this morning. I'm available Christmas morning. We got some games on. I don't know if you're available later in the morning, but we got some games on that day. A lot of games. Well, what do you think? A cooking breakfast or something? What? I mean, the, the, you got a little gift in store? I, I mean, I'm, I guess I can make myself available for that type of thing. <laughs> well, let's talk some sports on, on, on Christmas morning. Why not? No, I, I, I definitely can try to do it. I'll be in New York. Um, I'm going to the uh, uh, I'm going to the Jets game on Sunday, and and ironically, they just activated Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what that means, but um, I'm hoping it means <laughs> that maybe he stumbles yeah, onto the field and throws some passes. Oh, that would be pretty cool, and that's a cool trip. I didn't realize you were doing it. So. All right, we'll figure it out. But uh, we had some sports this week. I know you attended the uh, the hockey game. What was it Tuesday night against uh, Blackhawks? Played the Avalanche. Yeah, what what a great game. Um, you guys who had a chance to watch it, it started out perfectly because uh, you know I, I like to play that uh, first period over, and there were four goals scored in the first period. It looks like the looked like the total was going to be ten. And then um, from that point forward, uh, things settled down and it ended up being a three-two game. Uh, exciting finish, and you know you, 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 that's one of those things in hockey that I I don't get a chance to witness very often in person. But when they pull a goalie, to just the excitement that goes into like you know holding on to dear life, or the other team's firing away, and then the other team's got to stop you from hitting an empty net. And it's it's pretty cool. But Blackhawks, um, you know that they they played a good team and won and proved that they could do it. I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch any of that, Coach? I did watch the end of that. Uh, I was able to see Connor Bedard, uh, and I, it just made me think. This kid, and they were comparing him to the guy on uh, during the telecast. They were comparing him to the guy that uh, plays for Nathan McNernan, the, the real good guy who plays for Colorado. I don't follow McMillan. Him. Is yeah, it McMillan? Yeah. In their first thirty games, he doubled uh, his stats. So he had six goals. Connor has twelve. They're just making a comparison. It was it was uh, it was interesting to see. He also played with a better team back then. The the Blackhawks are are banged up. You got Corey Perry's gone. You got uh, the other guy that they haul is out for a year. This kid's really doing it on his own, and they were hoping for these guys to be leaders and and contributors. And now they were trying to avoid the piece where he was going to be the leader and the focal point of the team. And now he's become that, and I think he's handled it pretty well. So it'll be fun watching it again. You know, we PR these guys a lot, but I think it's uh, it's worth uh, taking a look. I think this kid's going to be – I was just talking about this last night. I think this kid's going to be real special. And the numbers that he's putting up alone, uh, wait till they get him help. That's so all coach, I can say. Coach, I will say something, though. Um Two things stood out to me outside of Bedard made it just a ridiculous pass uh, for their first goal. I think it was their first goal. But two things that stuck out for other guys. First, there's this Reichel kid. I think he was hurt. He came back. He's German. He's only 21. He is quick. Um, I don't know if that's his forte, but when you were watching on the ice, I saw I saw one guy like skating around and his ability to change directions on a dime at one point. He was skating with a Colorado guy. He stopped and kind of like what happens in the NBA when a guy's ankles gets broken. He, he, the Colorado guy fell and slid across the ice because he couldn't stop so quickly. And then the second thing is this Crevier guy. He's like Lurch. I looked at him standing in the faceoff. I, I had to look up his height. Coach, I don't know what the average height of a hockey player is, but this Crevier kid, I bet you can get, guess his height. 
If I gave you an opportunity right now, <clears throat> what even is with it? that preview, six eight. Wow, they had so Chura, who used to play for the Bruins. I think he was like six seven, six eight too. That was the tallest guy I seen before that. I didn't even realize the Hawks had someone that tall, and that's yeah. a rarity. When you go to the game and you see him on ice when they're standing, you'll 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 notice you'll be like, Jesus. It looks like Pee Wee hockey where you have the one kid that that grew you know, is full grown, but, uh, it's, it, it was funny. He, he's, uh, I don't know. He's a great player. He just stood out that he's, um, he's pretty big. So yeah, I agree with you. Hawks, Hawks, uh, Bedard, it, it, he's, he's a maestro, man. He, he is a guy that I'm noticing just, just wants to pass, wants to make every other, he, he does shoot, but he doesn't shoot as much as, um, he could, he, he makes that extra pass and maybe, maybe that's part of the thing he's got to grow out of, but, um, he is, he is something special, and they and they uh, hit like you said. They hit the uh, over in the first period. I think that's going to be. Uh, we've mentioned it before. That's something we're going to be able to hit on all year long at a pretty consistent rate. So uh, keep an eye on that. They play tomorrow night against the Canadians. I think we'll. I think we'll get another uh, on a Friday night at the United Center. I think we'll get another over in the first period. In my opinion, I think the guy the boys will be hyped. I think the atmosphere there will be pretty. Uh, pretty uh special so uh for a friday night their first friday night game of the year so i think that'll be a a packed house tomorrow night yeah it'll be exciting i I can't go but it'll be exciting um what about the bullies all of a sudden they look like a a playoff team what's going on they just spanked the lakers last night that was kind of fun to watch and everybody was contributing kobe white didn't have to take on the whole game last night you had more and more guys contributing this is starting to become fun to watch Right. I know. I, I turned it on and I actually wasn't usually with the Bulls after first quarter, I turn it off to see if I win or lost. I stopped playing the first quarter when uh, when Le- Levine went down just because I felt like I didn't know what was going to happen with the team. And lo and behold, now they turned into a team that's really balanced. And and like you just said, everyone contributed. Here's the thing that shocked me yesterday. Um, Williams looked like a bum most of the year. These last few games, especially yesterday, I'm watching someone fly in, get a rebound, put it back in. I'm like, who is that? It was Williams. I see someone draining an open three. I go, who's that? It's Williams. You know, Williams, um, he was he was three for three for three pointers. He scored 15 points. And it, you know, he didn't he got three, he didn't get a lot of rebounds, but you know, that was just another one of those things that um that you look at and you're like, oh my gosh. You know, they're, they're finally getting something out of him. And they got the, like, like I said in the show before, this Carter guy, like, I kind of like him. He plays good defense. He came, he came from Proviso and uh, he can hit the open three. So the Bulls always lacked a couple shooters. You know, now if Williams starts shooting well, uh, Carter shooting well, you know, your, your white, white has been hitting threes. They, they have those, those shooters that keep you honest. Uh, last night, Vooch hit his double double again. You know he's been on double double run. Uh, I don't know what the um, the Kobe White. I don't know what his um, normal points rebounds assist, but he did hit that. I always try to move it down to like the mid twenties. He did hit that. You know, I I decided to go out on a a limb and take Drummond's blocks, and he didn't get it. So I lost my single game parlay yesterday, um, but. You know, Drummond is another one. He's been his rebounds and points. They've been up. You know, usually you can get that number somewhere around 10 or 12. He got 17 last night uh, total between um, rebounds and points. So like you said, you got, 
you had like uh, eight guys in double di- uh, double digits. These guys are playing consistently, and it won't be if they keep playing like this and they keep Levine out of the the mix like they are. This team is going to be middle of the pack pretty soon, and it will be playoff bound. And uh, we spoke to this the uh, last week when Levine went out. I think as we talked about Billy Donovan, the beat reporter was on a local radio station here talking about how Billy Donovan is actually feels much looser. He's having fun, and the coaches are starting to develop some of these players that they talked about, like your guy you just mentioned, a Williams, and some of these younger guys. They're getting to play these guys and not worrying about Levine bitching and moaning about his shots. And the, and then after a game, the clubhouse is somber, and they, they, the guys are actually bonding and having a good time. And that uh, negativity is out of the locker room. So, uh, you know, you and I could be beat writers because we talked about this two weeks (laughs) ago. And finally, last night, everyone else is catching on. I I mean, come on. You you don't. (laughs) Is it that is it that they don't want to say it or do they just not are are they just not really aware of what's going on? I mean, which one is it? Because neither one's good, but it's got to be one of those two. Right, right. So, and we do have a, we do have some football tonight. We do have some football tonight. We got the NFL, uh, we got the Rams, um, versus the Saints. And I'll tell you what, uh, I'm not ready to make a bet just yet, but there's a lot to like about the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams tonight. I'll tell you what, they've, they've, they've covered their last four in a row since they put this kid Williams at running back. Uh, full-time about three weeks ago. Their offense has been running pretty well. I think they've won uh, five out of their last six games. In those five games, they've held opponents under 20 points. They had the one hiccup against the Ravens, but I think they lost. That was a close one, too. They lost 37-31 in Baltimore in pouring rain. Uh, There's a lot to like about this team. Uh, They got Cup and that other kid at wide receiver. I think when Cup came back, they were trying to figure each other out. Now I think the offense has kind of figured itself out. Uh, Nuku or is the other guy and Cup, those two are are pretty good receivers. And, and now you got a run game, and Stafford's doing pretty well off of the play action. So if they and tonight the Saints are ranked twenty fourth against the run. So if the Rams come in and they run the ball and they they hit their spots uh, with the play action passes with Stafford, I don't think they have the guys to be able to cover uh, Cooper Cup and the other kid. Uh, they're going to have to probably keep up with the points with the Rams. I think the Rams are going to score some points. Uh, a leave for, for uh, the Saints is banged up a little. That's Carr's – Carr is hor- – in my opinion, is horrible. I, I'm a Raiders fan. I follow the Raiders. But he does like to throw the deep ball, and this Aleve guy is a great, great deep ball threat. So they like to go to him a lot. Um, I'd love this game if it was at three, the field goal. I don't think it's going to get there. But I'm still pretty comfortable laying the four – uh, right now, the one thing I really hate is I'm looking at the splits. 88% of the money, rightfully so, is on the Rams of this morning. I'm hoping that evens out as the day goes on. There's a lot of li- li- lot to like about this coaching matchup. In December, McVay, say what you will about McVay, but he's a pretty good coach in December when, when it comes down to nitty-gritty. He's 21-9 and nine against the uh, spread when he, since he's been with the Rams in December. You want to take that one step further? He's 5-2 and two, uh, straight up. On Thursday nights, he's four two and one against the spread. What's that tell you? On a short short turnaround, McVeigh does a pretty good job of getting his team ready to uh, to play tonight. He's at home. The Saints got to travel a little bit uh, to LA on a short week. They just beat up on two really bad teams, in my opinion. They beat the uh, they beat the Giants and then they beat the Patriots. So before that, though, they were not playing very well. 
So a lot, a lot of this points to the Rams tonight, a lot of trends, a lot of uh, data. Uh, you know, the over-under right now is, is, is trending. A lot of people are betting the over, thinking the, the Rams are probably going to score some points and the Saints will match it a little bit. I think if they come out and run the ball, their defense has been playing pretty well. I think this could be another under on, on a Thursday night. I, I think that's always the way to go uh, with these Thursday night games if you look at the trends. So uh, I haven't decided when I'm going to the window yet, but those are some of my thoughts going in. I'm uh, I, Again, I'd love this game if it was at a field goal, but uh, but I don't think it's going to get there tonight. Yeah, the – your your analysis was great. I believe both these teams are seven and seven. So this game has a lot of playoff implications. I, obviously, with the Rams, they got the 49ers in their division, so they're not going to win a division. Um, but they're right there in the wild card hunt, where New Orleans is tied with Tampa Bay. You know, there's a little bit of a logjam with uh, with those two in Atlanta uh, at the top of the the uh, division. So again, this this game, if New Orleans can somehow find a way to win, they put themselves in great position to um, to make a run at this division title. I know that New Orleans and Atlanta and Tampa Bay have to play one more time this year. So that that's another thing that uh, will be a big game for New Orleans. But it's hard for me to, to really pick too much in this game. If it comes down to it, you know, and again, this is going back to what you said about Carr with the Raiders. <coughs> He doesn't win big games. Um, it, he traditionally, Kyra actually does pretty well in first halves, and and then uh, the wheels fall off. You know, you saw this time and time and time again for the Raiders, and he was shocked when they didn't want him anymore. Um, so now he's in he's in New Orleans. What has he really done? I mean, I I I would I would gather that if I went ahead and looked at his stats against decent defenses, we would find that he's been below average. Um, so if you were just going to make a decision based on the quarterback, I, I would say Rams and Stafford, you got to go that direction. Stafford's healthy, right? Um, you know, sometimes he's got he's got some injuries. To your knowledge, Coach, is he healthy? Yes, yes. Stafford is healthy. He's playing pretty decent uh, as of late, too. And uh, a little side note, I think he's uh, I think he's kind of fired up. If the Rams win tonight, it puts him in a nice playoff position. And if you look at all the predictions, you know who they would play in the first round? Um, Detroit. Detroit. Yes. So he gets to go to his old team and uh, and play in Detroit in front of the fans and try to play spoiler, huh? Right. That would be an interesting matchup. Uh, and I, and I kind of like Stafford, the way he competes. I think he's a pretty tough guy and gets the job done uh, when he needs to. But uh, I think that would be an interesting uh, playoff matchup if uh, Stafford got a chance of Detroit. And, and I'm not a, I'm not I'm not buying uh, Detroit being a, a world beaters as uh, as some of the media is. I'm just not uh, getting behind uh, them just quite yet. Them and the Eagles. So. Uh, that would be interesting. I'm, I'd, I'd like to see that matchup. Uh, I'd like to see Stafford get a chance uh, to get them after they traded them away. So uh, definitely a good, good, uh, right. good, good underlying theme there. If that, if that happens, um, but yeah, there. I, I was as you were just talking. I was looking again at the schedule. We got five teams at seven and seven in the NFC. So this is this is a huge game um, in terms of determining who's who's sitting well going into the playoffs. So. Um, you know, this is at the Rams, which gives them an advantage. Uh, they're, you know, you're kind of dome, te- dome team versus dome team, so no real advantage there. Both teams, I think, have pretty good defenses, uh, but I, I think the Rams have the better player um, on defense. And, 
you know, offensively, I think they, the Rams have more firepower. So when you start checking boxes, it's hard to be on the New Orleans side. Uh, it, it really is. It, it, to me, it's either a, a no play. You know, maybe you play that under in the first half, like you mentioned, the Stildorf. But uh, beyond that, uh, you know, this may just be kind of a wait and see uh, which team makes a mistake or which special teams makes a big play and, and gives their team some momentum. And what worries me is McVay sometimes likes to show everybody how smart he is being a young kid, offensive mind. But uh, if they come out and just run the ball, this Williams kid has had 100 yards in five of the last seven games. Three out, three out of the last five games, he's been over 143 yards. Uh, if they if they come in and and establish a run, like I said before, the defense for the uh, the Saints is ranked 24th against the run, so they're going to give up. They're going to they've been giving up a lot of yards on the run. If they stay patient, McVay stays patient, runs the ball and takes his chances with uh, or his opportunities with the play action pass, I think uh, they'll be in good shot good shape but you really I, I how the NFL goes and some of these coaching moves and, and the things they do you never know he may come out and throw the ball 20 times in a, in a row and uh and not try to establish the run so you know I, this is kind of how the NFL has gone this year so you know you never know what you're going to get from these guys but he's pretty solid McVay's pretty solid in December like I said 21 and 9 against the spread 4-2 and 1 on Thursday nights uh so the short turnarounds at home he does a pretty good job and like we both said, it's a lot to like about the Rams, but the one thing I really do not like in these spots is when 88% of the money is on one side, that doesn't usually go so hot. So hopefully that evens out as the day goes on. Yeah, this this looks like it's ending as a field goal game. Um, that's that's right. m- what that's might- why I don't think it's going to get to the field goal. If you want to buy it to that, that's a safer bet. If you want to bet money line Rams, I think that's a pretty safe bet as well. But uh we do have a ball. If, if we want to move on, we do have a ball game tonight. And we had two this week. Uh, you know, I'm going to count that Old Dominion. I gave that Old Dominion play out. I, I backed off of it when the, when the line was flipped the other day. And my God, did they, they were up 28 nothing. Old Dominion ended up blowing it. One of the worst uh, defeats in, uh, in bowl history. But uh, we then we came back with UTSA the next day, and, and they won. So we got one and one on those. I think overall it's uh, three, four, and one. Uh, but we got a bowl tonight. Uh, South Florida's playing. They're getting plus three. I'd like this. They got a first-year coach, South Florida. They played pretty well. I th- if, if you guys can remember the beginning of the year, week three or four, uh, Alabama went out there or went down there and almost got upset by South Florida in a monsoon. That's the South Florida team that plays tonight. They're plus three. They got a first-year coach. I think, I think first-year coaches, the bowl game means more to them. Okay? Syracuse is in transition right now. They lost their quarterback. They lost their O.C., their tight end coach is now their acting HC. He's probably going to be gone when the game's over because they hired the DB coach from Georgia as their next head coach. So sometimes I think, you know what, you look at the two teams, South Florida's getting points. They got a first-year coach who did pretty well, overcame that. I think they were 4-6 and six last year. He gets them 6-6 six and six into a bowl game. This means a lot more to him, and he's going against a, a little bit of a depleted Syracuse team who wasn't very good, and the ACC was not very good, thus Florida State getting left out. So – that's my thoughts tonight. I'm taking South Florida and the plus three. Well, that's good. I, I have looked at uh, this zero, uh, so I have no <laughs> comments on that, nor do I have a, any comments on the Georgia Tech-UCF game tomorrow. Any any thoughts on that? Uh, Georgia Tech, I, I really like Georgia Tech. This is the second. This coach is in his second year. I, I like in this game, I don't like a side. I think we're going to get a lot of points in this game. I think it's going to be a, a one and a you look at, and it's uh, they're racking up the points. So uh, I don't know what the over is. Let me look real quick. The over in this game, and I 
think this will probably be uh, the the what I'm leaning towards. Right, holy moly, it went up to 68. So everybody's 87 percent of uh, of everybody. Uh, the handle right now is on the over. I did like the over. Uh, I don't like I don't like any number where the handle's in the 80s. That that's a that's a recipe for disaster. So I do like uh, Georgia Tech. I think they're they play very hard. I like their coach. They played hard against Georgia. Uh, I think he's got things going in the right direction. He had to flip over that entire uh, that entire roster because Georgia Tech used to run the triple option. Now they've tr- they've gotten into a more of a, a spread offense. So he ha- kind of had to flip that roster. So it's taken him a couple years, but he's also winning at the same time. So I I think this is a big game for Georgia Tech. Getting five and a half. UCF is a good team. This is going to be a decent game, and I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I just don't know if it's going to go over to sixty eight. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, and then we'll got, be back Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday there's a pretty big slate, I think, again, in college football, isn't there? Isn't there several uh, we got seven, bowl games? We got seven bowl games Saturday, and we got, I believe, we got two NFL games. So we got nine uh, football games all together, and we'll give, uh, we'll give you some thoughts on all of those uh, come Saturday. All right. Well, all we've got to do today is one thing. We just got to win the day today. That's it. Can't win tomorrow. Can't win Saturday yet. We're going to win today. Right. All right, everybody. Enjoy your Thursday. All right. Have a good day.